An account of the piracies and murders committed by Philip Roach, etc., of the General History of the Pirates, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Barry Eads. The General History of the Pirates, Volume 1, by Charles Johnson. An account of the piracies and murders committed by Philip Roach, etc., Philip Roach was born in Ireland, and from his youth had been bred up to the sea. He was a brisk, genteel fellow, of thirty years of age at the time of his death, one whose black and savage nature did no ways answer the comeliness of his person, his life being almost one continued scene of villainy, before he was discovered to have committed the horrid murders we are now speaking of. This inhumane monster had been concerned with others, in insuring ships to a great value and then destroying them, by which means and other rogueries he had got a little money, and being mate of a ship was diligent enough in trading for himself between Ireland and France, so that he was in a way of getting himself a comfortable livelihood. But as he resolved to be rich, and finding fair dealing brought in wealth but slowly, he contrived to put other things in execution and certainly had murdered several innocent persons in the prosecution of his abominable schemes. But as I have now forgot the particular circumstances of those relations, I shall confine myself at present to the fact for which he suffered. Roach, getting acquainted with one Neil, a fisherman at Cork, whom he found ready for any villainous attempt, he imparted his design to him, who, being pleased with the project, brings one Pierce Cullen and his brother into the Confederacy, together with one Wise, who at first was very unwilling to come into their measures, and indeed had the least hand in the perpetration of what follows. They pitched upon a vessel in the harbor, belonging to Peter Tortue, a Frenchman, to execute their cruel intentions upon, because it was a small one, and had not a great number of hands on board, and twas easy afterwards to exchange it for one more fit for piracy, and therefore they applied themselves to the master of her, for a passage to Nance, whereto the ship was bound, and accordingly, the beginning of November 1721, they went aboard, and when at sea, Philip Roach, being an experienced sailor, the master of the vessel readily trusted him with the care of her at times, while he and the mate went to rest. The 15th of November, at night, was the time designed for the tragedy, but Francis Wise relented, and appeared desirous to divert them from their bloody purposes. Roach, sometimes called Captain, told him, that as Cullen and he had sustained great losses at sea, unless every Irishman present would assist in repairing their losses, by murdering all the French rogues, and running away with the ship, he should suffer the same fate with the Frenchmen but if all would assist, all should have a share in the booty. Upon this they all resolved alike, and Captain Roach ordered three Frenchmen and a boy up to hand the topsails, the master and mate being then asleep in their cabins. The two first that came down, they beat out their brains and threw them overboard. The other two, seeing what was done, ran up to the topmost head, but Cullen followed them, and taking the boy by the arm, tossed him into the sea, then driving down the man, those below knocked him on the head and threw him overboard. Those who were asleep, being awakened by the dismal shrieks and groans of dying men, 
ran upon deck in confusion to inquire into the cause of such unusual noises. But the same cruelty was immediately acted towards them, ere they could be sensible of the danger that threatened them. They were now, as Roach himself afterwards confessed, all over as wet with the blood that had been spilt as if they had been dipped in water, or stood in a shower of rain, nor did they regard it any more, Roach said. Captain Tortu used many words for mercy, and asked them if he had not used them with civility and kindness, if they were not the same Christian religion, and owned the same blessed Jesus, and the like. But they, not regarding what he said, took cords and bound the poor master and his mate back to back, and while that was doing, both of them begged with the utmost earnestness, and used the most solemn entreaties, that they would at least allow them a few minutes to say their prayers, and beg mercy of God for the various sins and offences of their lives. But it did not move them, though all the rest were dead, and no danger could be apprehended from them two alone, for the bound persons were hurried up and thrown into the sea. The massacre being finished, they washed themselves a little from the blood, and searched the chests and lockers, and all places about the ship, and then sat down in the captain's cabin, and refreshed themselves with some rum they found there, and, as Roach confessed, were never merrier in their lives. They invested Roach with the command of the ship, and calling him captain, talked over their liquor, what rare actions they would perform about Cape Britain, Sable Isle, and the banks of Newfoundland, whither they designed to go as soon as they had recruited their company, and got a better ship, which they proposed speedily to do. Roach, taking upon himself the command of the vessel, Andrew Cullen was to pass for a merchant or supercargo, but when they bethought themselves that they were in danger of being discovered by the papers of the ship relating to the cargo as bills of lading, etc., therefore they erase and take out the name of the French master, and instead thereof inserted the name of Roach, so that it stood in the ship's papers, Peter Roach Master, that then having so few hands on board, they contrived, if they met any ships, to give out that they had lost some hands by their being washed overboard in a storm, and by that means screened themselves from being suspected of having committed some such wicked act, by reason of the fewness of their hands on board, and also might prevail with some ship to spare them some, on consideration of their pretended disaster. In going to Calais they were in distress by the weather, and being near Lisbon they made complaint to a ship, but obtained no assistance. They were then obliged to sail back for England, and put into the port of Dartmouth, but then they were in fear lest they might be discovered, therefore to prevent that, they resolved to alter the ship, and getting workmen, they take down the mizzenmast and build a spar deck, and made rails, on pretense that the sailors had been washed overboard, to secure the men. Then they took down the image of St. Peter at the head of the ship, and put up a lion in its place and painted over the stern of the ship with red, and new named her the Mary Snow. The ship being thus altered that they thought it could not be known, they fancied themselves pretty secure, but wanting money to defray the charge of these alterations, Roach, as master of the vessel, and Andrew Cullen, as merchant, apply themselves to the officers of the customs for liberty to dispose of some of the cargo, in order to pay the workmen which they having obtained, they sold fifty-eight barrels of beef, and having hired three more hands, they set sail for Ostend, and there having sold more barrels of beef, they steer their course to Rotterdam, 
dispose of the rest of the cargo, and took in one Mr. Annesley, who freighted the ship for England, but in their passage, in a stormy night, it being very dark, they took up Mr. Annesley, their passenger, and threw him into the sea, who swam about the ship a pretty while, calling out for life, and telling them they should have all his goods if they would receive him again into the vessel. But in vain were his cries. After this they were obliged to put into several ports, and by contrary winds came to the coast of France, and hearing there was an inquiry made after the ship, Roach quits her at Havre de Grace, and leaves the management to Cullen and the rest, who, having shipped other men, sailed away to Scotland, and there quitted the vessel, which was afterwards seized and brought into the river of Thames. Some time after this, Philip Roach came to London, and making some claim for money he had made insurance of, in the name of John Eustace, the officer was apprised of the fraud, and he arrested and flung into the compter from whence directing a letter to his wife, she showed it to a friend, who discovered by it that he was the principal villain concerned in the destruction of Peter Tortu and the crew. Upon this an information was given to my lord Carteret that the person who went by the name of John Eustace was Philip Roach, as aforesaid, and being brought down by his lordship's warrant, he stiffly denied it for some time, notwithstanding a letter was found in his pocket, directed to him by the name of Roach, but being confronted by a captain of a ship, who knew him well, he confessed it, but prevaricated in several particulars, whereupon he was committed to Newgate upon violent suspicion, and the next day was brought down again at his own request, confessed the whole, desired to be made in evidence, and promised to convict three men worse than himself. Two were discovered by him, who died miserably in the martial sea, and Roach himself was afterwards tried, no more being taken, found guilty of the piracy, and executed. End of An Account of the Piracies and Murders Committed by Philip Roach, etc.